The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Welcome, Wastelanders and Vault Dwellers. It is time for the Fallout Lorecast. I'm your host, Tom, or Robots, and with me today is Lainey, or Neos Pandora. And I'm in a very silly mood. If you watch the intro to this, I still haven't fixed the video thing, so I was making funny faces at the camera. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. It is Thursday. We're doing this a little bit late. It is 3 p.m. Eastern instead of 2 p.m. Eastern. There was a big Bethesda press thing where they just talked about how much they love Microsoft and Microsoft loves them. Everybody gave each other big hugs and then they moved on. So uh, not a whole lot of news came out of that. But uh, we're going to talk about that during the Fallout Hub, which happens at 5 today. So we'll be, I'll be back for that in a little bit, but now is not the time for that. Now is the time for the fallout lore. Lainey, how's it going? How you doing? It's going good. I'm doing great. I mean, as some of you saw, I just downed two burritos and it was like seven by my count, seven burritos, seven burritos and like 500 donuts, basically, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. before the show within like the five minutes before we started. It was amazing. I think it's a world record. We uh, we got it on video, so we should submit it to Guinness. Maybe they can confirm you as being the fastest burrito eater ever. I I unhinge my jaw like a snake, and I suck him down. Just suck him down. Just whoop. And as I mentioned in the pre-show, it's uh, convenient that burritos are cylindrical, because then they don't have to change shape as they work their way through your digestive tract. And Lane is shaking her head. So welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. <laughs> this is not the food cast. Uh, this is the Fallout Lorecast. And today, what are we talking about, Lainey? Hey, we are talking about Fort Atlas. Fort bum, Atlas. Bum, bum, bum. And that is not a name that will be familiar to people if they haven't played Fallout 76. We've been on a Fallout 76 kick. We've been going through the different factions, the different individuals in the factions a little bit, a little bit poking here and there at some of the individuals probably dig into the more of those people in the future and um as we're getting kind of through a lot most of that content we've caught up to most of the events post wastelanders early steel dawn so now we're getting back around to the brotherhood of steel now fort atlas has something to do with why they're in west virginia and we're going to dig into that today because this is actually a really cool concept and I've got some I've got some thoughts on this but Lainey why don't you go ahead and kick us off with some details about what exactly is Fort Atlas what was it before it was Fort before it was a fort right it was something else well, before it was a fort um, before the Great War it was a military uh, observatory it was called the Atlas Observatory it stood for atmospheric terraforming laser accelerator system and their goal was to control weather. They wanted to be able to use the station to modify the weather, um, which yeah. is very interesting. It is very and interesting. Actually, a trope that I really enjoy in sci-fi is like, we're going to take control of the weather now. Like that's It's such a crazy thing. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to be posting some or sharing some questions that I have about this 
on the second half of the show because I've got some thoughts on this. Um, this observatory is interesting because it is in the game early on. When before Steel Dawn, before the Wastelanders update, you can go to the Atlas Observatory. It is there. You can go visit it. You can go poke around. I believe there were super mutants running around in it. That gets all cleaned out with the update. The Brotherhood moves in and they take over this observatory. And it didn't occur to me that this was anything more than just an observatory, right? I, like in playing the early game, I went there, I finished some quests there, I moved on and did other things. And I was like, oh, that's cool. There's an observatory. It's the one of those kinds of things that you find in places, you know, some places have observatories. But the fact that Atlas actually stands for Atmospheric Terraforming Laser Accelerator System is way more interesting than this just being an observatory. And that ties directly into why the Brotherhood would be interested, because this has to do with technology that they don't believe should be in the hands of just anybody. So that's what this is connected to. Lainey, what else do we know? <clears throat> so Fort Atlas is uh, in the Savage, Div Savage Divide in Appalachia. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was left empty after the Great War, and um, in the time between the game's release and Steel Dawn, mm -hmm. was just full of robots. Oh, it was robots. Angry, I thought it was angry robots. <clears throat> oh man, why did I think it was super mutants? I thought it was super mutants, but you're right. It was robots. There's another area. I mean, there's lots of areas overrun by. Was there a nearby near, nearby there with super mutants? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm squishing it's them together in my area. head. It's a crazy area. The Savage Divide while, right? really has everything. That's yeah, true. It's true. So, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since this update came out and changed that area. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, now I'm trying to remember. But, yeah, okay. Robots. There you go. Robots. So, yeah. So, it was overrun with robots. Um, and there were some adventures that went down here um, even before it became a Brotherhood facility. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm going to introduce you guys to a fella named Lucky Lou. So Lucky Lou. Lucky Lou. I'm going to tell you just why Lou is so lucky. So Lucky Lou was a Crater Raider that got irradiated. Um, lots of the Raiders that are in Crater that stayed there now that I've grouped together um, went through a tragedy early on when they were still separate where there was an enti entire faction that basically got ghoulified or just died. And so you have lots of raiders that are ghouls now that don't really know what they're doing and um lucky lou became a ghoul and was very ashamed of it very nervous was convinced that he would turn feral and um uh, it was it's kind of tragic so his friends his raider buddies love him love this guy they would take a bullet for him they would do anything for him he's one of their pals right you stick out for your fellow raiders maybe that's why he's but so lucky Oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> so Lucky Lou is a, an interesting fellow because he was so concerned that he would turn feral and put all his friends in danger, um, which is sweet. It's sweet that he's nervous about it. But unfortunately, it drove him insane. Um, and he ended up isolating himself inside the Carlton mine um, and basically planned his own suicide. But he couldn't bring himself to do it to himself um, directly. And so he found some roundabout ways to attempt it. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty crazy. Um, and they include things such as machine-powered shotguns that he was attempting to shoot himself from a distance with. Same thing for turrets. Um, he went to <laughs> Fort Atlas to get the weaponry he needed for some of these plants. And so he used things left at Atlas uh, to try and work to 
towards his dream, I guess. Ugh. Um, and at one point, he even collapsed an entire building onto himself in an attempt to die. But Lucky Lou is just so lucky he uh, evades death at all turns. It's <laughs> yeah. what he's known for. Right. <laughs> and so not only has he evaded death and become a ghoul, but he now cannot die. And, um, <laughs> and he's not he's not immortal. That's his superpower. He's just got this like divine <laughs> protection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild. So he goes to Fort Atlas and he, well, prior to it being Fort Atlas, tries all these mm -hmm. crazy things, goes around a few other places, you know, does whatever he can, drops a building on himself. It doesn't work. <laughs> right. And he's like, I gotta do something else, right? This isn't working. But he, at this point, is just so sure that he is going to go feral and cause trouble for people. And he doesn't want to, right? And so he goes back to the Carlton mine and he decides that he's going to detonate explosives within the mine to make it collapse on himself. And he figures that even if he doesn't <laughs> die, at least he's stuck there. Right. If, um, I can't, if I can't drop a building on myself, I'll drop a mountain on myself. We'll see how that works. Right. <laughs> Which is nuts. It's it's a little nuts. Um, but good old Lucky Lou, he just really lucks out. He just keeps going. So he's a funny character. Is it? Wait, 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 um, wait, wait, wait. Is it still luck if it's the thing you don't want to happen? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's unlucky because the thing uh, yeah, he wants to happen right. will it's, never happen. It's a little ironic. That's for sure. Don't you think? Don't, don't you think <laughs> <laughs> now that song is in everybody's heads i just yeah. i just i just with two uh, words don't you think that's two words that's just technically three words but two words uh i inserted that song into everybody's head thank you that is that. the power of language woo it's the power of language with the fallout lore cast mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in 2103 <laughs> um good old russell dorsey decided that he was gonna do something spectacular now russell dorsey is a boy from maryland he decided that he was going to explore appalachia and came across the leftover remnants of the brotherhood from the first time they had been there um at the allegheny asylum i think yes, how do you right. pronounce that and yeah um I, yeah somebody you know what somebody corrected me on this one time but i don't remember but yeah let's just oh, go with no. that I'm sure somebody okay. like I, I get you know how we stumble over some of the pronunciation of some of the yeah. words um, and sometimes I'll just be say like oh, I don't know how that is pronounced and then I'll have somebody like comment on discord or they'll even yeah. do it in like uh, when they're reviewing the show they'll be like hey thanks this is a great show thanks so much for this and by the way I live near this place it's pronounced like this and I'm like oh thanks <laughs> but then I don't of it's course cool. remember right <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Little Green says a little too ironic. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so Russell Dorsey from Maryland from starts Maryland investigating so from Appalachia. the Appalachia. remains of the Brotherhood uh, Taggarty's group. That was the Brotherhood yes. Splinter. It wasn't really a splinter group. It was like a remote group that was formed. We've talked about this on other episodes in Appalachia before the vault opens up. It's what you find find of the remains of the Brotherhood. When you're walking around in the world that is not the same group as the group of brotherhood that are now in appalachia that were sent from the west coast those are two different groups of people indeed indeed he do so russell dorsey indeed he do <laughs> because the brotherhood is no longer there he's just trying to kind of trying to see what happened he gets really curious 
and eventually receives word. Here's a little rumor that um, Brotherhood is coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a voice back. in his head, right? This it's is, just like a. It's, it's just a voice it's in a, his head. It's it's like God. He's it's like prophet. the voice of God. Yeah. <laughs> It's like an angel came down and said, like, the Brotherhood is coming Russell back to Dorsey. Russell Dorsey. Russell Dorsey. Maybe it sounds, with, with sound, like, don't fear. Maybe it sounds like this. Russell Dorsey. This is the voice of God. The Brotherhood is returning to Appalachia. You will be my prophet. Is it like that? Is that what it sounds yeah, like? Yeah, just like that. Just, just like, like that. that. Russell Dorsey took this command from his heavenly father and decided that he <laughs> was going to go to Fort Atlas. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> wow. Okay. The burritos really got me. Fort Atlas. And he's going to create the next Brotherhood base is what he sets his mind out to do. And of course, uh, the base as it is right now uh, is full of robots. Um, and he enlists the help of some of his own robots to clear it out and then attempt to renovate which turns out Protectrons not necessarily very good at renovations. So hmm, they need some Mr. Handies. He, they need some Mr. Handies. Well, they got something else handy. They came across the Vault 76 Vault Dwellers that guess what they're going to do? Oh, they're going to reclaim it. <laughs> oh, I thought they were going to put on weird outfits and run around <laughs> and do like, uh, well, you know, drink Nuka Shine, like all the wacky stuff. They, not that, huh? They actually a few, a few of them do that. You know, it's kind of uh, tragic. Just a few. They, they just bomb a few. Each other. Pretty much every time <laughs> I watch somebody's stream Fallout seventy six, they're either killing a scorch beast queen or doing something wacky. <laughs> like, yeah. Running around. Oh, always. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and right. the outfits are key, right? My character is always in um, one of like the nurse outfits from the asylum. Uh-huh. It's just what she wears all the time. Right. And then like funny hats. I switch out the hats. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I especially like the weird masks, like the double Brahmin head. That's a, yeah. that's a classic. Yeah, that's pretty good. Anyway, so Russell Dorsey gets some vault dwellers to assist him. Mm-hmm. And they create Fort Atlas kind of as we know it. Um, he really cleared out the place, fixed it up a bit, and thought that by doing this, maybe he, uh, I don't know, would be really doing them a service and then become a part of the Brotherhood himself. He definitely is a Brotherhood wannabe, and it didn't necessarily work out like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so the Brotherhood first expedition expedition do the Brotherhood first expeditionary force uh-huh. moved in, and they saw what he did. They were thankful, but they you know they fixed it up, made it a little bit more Brotherhoody, and more gears created- and swords and yeah wings flags. You know, yeah. Maybe it. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it creates Fort Atlas, and that is the Fort Atlas that is now in the game. So in twenty one oh three, we have Fort Atlas. It is no Fort. longer Fort Atlas. The Atlas Observatory. It could be the Fort Atlas Observatory, but that's a bit wordy. <clears throat> you okay. have to make an acronym for your acronym. Fort Atlas. Yeah, it would be like Fort Atlas Observer would be FAO. But it's actually... But it'd be F-A-T-L-A-S. Fat Lasso. <laughs> Fat Lasso. 
Oh my god. That was Wonder Woman's first attempt at a uh, magic weapon. It was the fat lasso. lasso. <laughs> eventually she had the got the invisible one. That one made you fat. It, you she would rope people and in order to keep them from running away, like, they'd all oh of a sudden god. go but they'd get real big and then they wouldn't be able to run away. It's an interesting attack. <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, if you can have something that makes somebody tell the truth or, you know, whatever, like you can, you can make it whatever magic you want. Right? Oh yeah. Magic's right. magic. Magic's magic. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Right. <laughs> truth telling. <laughs> <laughs> Turning people into balloons. Same, same magic. Yeah. Yeah. Just going to bloop. But they don't go, they don't get lighter and float. They just get heavier and they just go bloop. <laughs> like they become like the blob. They're just like bloop, bloop. And then they can't move. Oh no! Yeah, those are the actual oh, sound no. effects that that happen too. Um, Bonk. So okay, so now we have Fort Atlas. The Brotherhood has moved in. We're not going to talk too much about the individuals of the Brotherhood in this episode. This is mostly about the location and why they chose it. Um, and what did what else did they do to this place in order to make it fit them? And uh, side note, they're not done. They're clearly in the in still in the process in the game of updating and renovating the place and and but for the most part it is functional at this point so what is what is yeah, actually there uh, that, the idea pretty much is that they've just gotten there they're kind of feeling it out so you have a lot of people outside of it that are waiting to get in in hopes that they can either join the brotherhood or get help from the brotherhood and most of the people who ask for help do not receive it and so it's yeah. just a bunch of really sad people waiting outside all the time. <laughs> so one of the one of the quests you go through early in this is you are actually tasked with listening to their tales and helping decide which ones deserve help. And I'm not going to ruin it for you. Go listen. Some interesting, of course, characters show up with different reasons for needing help. So, some of them I hope we hear more of in the future. But again, not going to ruin it this episode. Go do that if you haven't played through it yet. So what else yeah, is what else is there? Like what as a player in yeah. the game, what can so, you what can you do there? It's a pretty nice area. They because, you know, the idea is that they're these technologically advanced this a techn technologically advanced group. They have all the, their necessities, all the things they need to create and to function and to be a military force basically and so on and so forth. So they have all of the necessities that you would kind of expect to have at your own camp. Um, things like workbenches, they have all of them. Chemistry, workstation, they have the armor workbench, They, you know, all of them. You can find them all and you can use them. Mm -hmm. um, same goes for, the, there's a power armor station if you need it. They also have a stash box, which is really nice to have another location you can go to. Uh, and you're guaranteed stash box there every time. And it's also, you know, there's quests there. There's a lot going on. There's lots of people. It's a really nice location. Um, they also have not quite as useful to the player character, but they have their own armories, barracks, uh, showering facilities, a dining area, military, everything. They got everything they need. Mm. Um, and so and it, and to jump in the 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 stuff that you can access the workshops. The, I'm sorry, the workbenches, the power armor station, the staff box, all of that stuff is outside the facility. So. It doesn't take a load screen to get into it. Also, I believe, I'm not 100% sure about this, but I, I'm like 90% sure that this is a free fast travel point on the map now. I don't think it was at first. Chat, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The foundation and the crater are free fast travel points. Vault 76 is, and I believe this is now also a fast, free fast travel point. 
So you could use it as a quick place to go to for free to use a workbench or something like that. Especially if yeah. you're considering your yourself as a character that's role playing as being part of the Brotherhood. This would be a good place to go other than, say, maybe your camp or something like that. And in order to just, you know, drop in, drop some stuff in your stash box, use some workbenches, move on, do something else. Yeah, all major faction spots are free. Uh, yeah, I, I believe that this is then considered one of those, right? Um, so, so I think, in my opinion, that helps you role play the game a little bit more. The idea that you don't just have to go back to your camp and that's the one place you can go to fast travel quickly to get to a workbench and, and whatever. You can stop in on the Brotherhood and you can, you know, hear some of the banter and go use some of the equipment there and then move on. Um, so that I think that's that's a fun addition. What do you think? I I absolutely agree. I think that it there's a couple of things there that's really handy, right? You can um especially if you're playing as someone who's in the Brotherhood, you know, and that's your focus for your character. It's nice to be able to kind of use that as a second base. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that it's cool that you can. Nope, I lost it. I was the whole time you were talking. I was like, oh, I got to nope, say this thing gone. and it's gone. It'll come yeah. back. It'll come back. That's OK. I do think it's really awesome. Um, and, you know, what's important, I think, about the things being outside compared to inside is that you cannot get inside the facility. Not really. There's a certain extent that you can get into before. Yeah. Um, you get cut off by like a laser gate. Let's call it an uh, airlock. There's like an entry airlock area. There's like a a forum. That, uh, mm, a uh, mm, what's it's the... like an office, and then like a <laughs> kind of. There's a word for room this. underground. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a word for like the area that you can get into in a building before you actually enter the main part the of the building. Foyer. The foyer. There you go. Not forum. Foyer. The foyer. Foyer. Oh, you ever want to go to the Brotherhood's foyer? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Get get yourself hired. <laughs> the lobby. Yeah, there you go. Lobby. The lobby. Yeah. Felt the lobby. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> the fat lasso lobby. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um. So yeah. So it's it's it's. Uh oh. Uh oh. Lainey disappeared. She'll be back in just a second. This always happens. This always happens in the middle of the show. Um, <laughs> she's coming back. Oh, there you are. You're oh, back. Right. You, uh, you don't have to go through the Brotherhood things to access their stash boxes and their workbenches and all that stuff. You can still do that and completely ignore them if you really wanted to. Um, but you also have the opportunity to unlock everything else in the area, uh, which is really neat. So it gives you a lot of options in terms of like how you interact with the brotherhood in the game if you do it all mm -hmm. um which is cool yeah um yeah. genghis genghis isn't a fan of the quest line i know some people are like yeah the quest line's all right or, or they're not as into it this is i would take this as part one of something we know that their plans for the brotherhood story were went beyond just what happens here and that there's more coming on this specific story. And then the characters that are introduced here are going to be part of an even bigger story further down. So, and I know not everybody's a fan of the Brotherhood of Steel, but this is, you can't look at it as a complete thing yet. There's more to it. So I'm, I'm going to wait and see. I, I feel like this is, it, it'd be like judging uh, a TV show, you know, halfway through the season. Like you're not there yet. You're not at the end yet. Hopefully, the things at the end make everything come together and then you go, oh my God, that was so good. 
Um, so yeah, that's, that's my thought on it. Anything else? Yeah, Lane? Lane? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess probably one of the last things I want to talk about is, um, the brotherhood is really interesting, right? Because they have this, this need, this, uh, absolute, just unhinged desire to control all the technology. Right. And you get to see a little bit more of this if you really dive into uh, the terminal entries. So, mm -hmm. and there's, we, a, there's a lot of. Well, things. here's here's a question for you. Do we want to? I'm not going to really spoil much. Okay, because I think it would be cool to go into some of the characters. Uh, Romani, Valdez. I think Valdez is. Yeah, I'm is not super hotty. Gonna... I'm I'm a big fan <laughs> of, of her. She's like she's. I, I always think she's hitting on me. She's not, but I always think she is. Um, maybe that says more about me than her. Uh, Piper and Fallout Four, it's okay. <laughs> then, um, uh, and then, uh, uh, who's who's the douchebag? Uh, Shin. I think yeah. these. Are, I think they're interesting characters, and they they show very different sides of who the Brotherhood is and could be. Um, so I, I, that's a whole another discussion. I want to get into that in the future. But yeah. what did you want to talk yeah, about here? I'm not. I'm not even going to dive into all of them. Yeah. Um, but I just want to mention, like the the terminal entries, you see a lot in particular from the this sex. S e c t s sex sex I can't pronounce pronounce anything sects. Um, they're paladin, paladin Layla Romani, uh, and the scribe Odessa Valdez. Right, you have lots of notes from them that you can read about things that this brotherhood has done or things that they found from the past. Um, and one story in particular that I think is interesting. Uh, and it's the only one that I'm going to touch on for this because play it yourself, you know, and we'll we'll get to it in the future sometime when it's not so spoilery. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there was a negotiation between the Brotherhood and the Foundation settlers where they attempted to basically get their hands on a lot of Foundation's weaponry. Mm -hmm. And the settlers were not down for that. And the Brotherhood was very demanding, right? And people don't like that you know people have a hard enough time with the brotherhood when they're not being overly demanding but if you just try to stop into somewhere during the end times and take all their weapons like that sounds terrible right, right? like what are you yeah. doing um and so this of course upset their leader page very much and pretty much like put them on bad terms they no longer were getting along they were no longer working together you know they were on okay terms and negotiations about maybe other things could have happened had the brotherhood backed down a little bit uh, but they didn't and something i think is interesting is that the brotherhood in this scenario saw that they were in the wrong and apologized they went back and they were like we don't want to have any hard feelings with you we don't want to make another enemy so like we're sorry we tried to take all your guns basically yeah um and they're on okay terms now i can't imagine that they're super tight or anything but it's but they're cool. working it's, through it they're 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 they at least have a communicating relationship you know mm -hmm. they're they're not just like not speaking you know they're not in open warfare obviously but they're also just not just in like eh, we're just bitter and we're just not going to deal with those people you know so yeah they've communicated they've worked it out right which right. is cool and i think that's to the credit of uh romani and this is something <laughs> we can talk about in the future this idea of uh, dealing with negotiation not being such a you know, hard ass for lack of a better phrase on on these kinds of things and, and realizing that different situations, different people require different tactics and solutions in order to do what is best for 
the Brotherhood, but also everybody else involved and work towards a common goal. And I, I think that th this is the greater lesson of the story so far of West Virginia and Fallout 76, that uh, if you if you learn anything at all from leaving the vault and coming across the remains of everybody else who was left, it's that when you don't work together, everybody dies. <laughs> divided, like united we stand, divided we fall. Like this is a very American kind of phrase. And I, I think that there's some truth in that. Sometimes you got to put things to the side and negotiate. And negotiation usually means that both parties lose in order for both parties to win. You have to give something up, right? And I'm interested to see where this goes because this kind of storyline is, uh, you know, hopefully we get years of updates and years of more story and those kinds of things. But I think we're going to see this play out over and over again, where sometimes groups work together and things work out better and sometimes they don't and things don't. Uh, but you could also turn it on its head. Like what happens when groups do work together and things still don't work out? You know, like wh what happens then? So there's a lot of cool concepts here that that can be played with as we move forward. So Lainey, thank you for that recap. Let's, uh, we got to move into the middle of the show, thank our patrons, and then we, we're going to be back and I have some questions for you guys. I want to, I want to kind of bring this home with some thoughts and ideas. And I'd love to hear your perspectives, especially those of you in chat right now, but also those of you who are listening later on, if you want to join the discord and, and tell us your thoughts on some of these things, please feel free to do that or, or just post stuff to Twitter. All right, let's move on. So, of course, we wouldn't be able to do all of this if it wasn't for our patrons, because you guys are amazing. Thank you for supporting the show. You support me and Lainey and our ability to do this every week to bring you more content, to talk about these things and all the other things that we do in the community. Having a community at all is very, very much contingent on the fact that you guys are able to help support us doing this. So thank you to everybody who's a patron. We really do appreciate it. If you are interested in helping to support the show, patreon.com slash falloutlorecast is the place you can do that. You can get ad-free episodes for as low as a dollar a month. I mean, that's that's super cheap. Um, you can also join us on future episodes of the show. If you, if you sign up at tier four, you can get the extended versions of the episodes. When we do have episodes where we talk a little bit more after the end of the episode, you get that that banter and the conversation and the conversation with our chat. Um, there's all sorts of stuff you can get lots of different things, even discounts for the store if you want to buy one of our t-shirts. So go check that out. And especially thank you to our tier five patrons, Amelia R, Justin S, Matt B and Zemnies Nightwolf. Thank you to you guys, especially that's, this is what you get for being a tier five patron is a special thank you on every episode. And again, patrons, we couldn't do this without you. Thank you guys so much. All right. So um, Pilio Giant has an interesting question here. I'm a tier one, but I still listen to Spotify ads. That's because you're listening on Spotify. So you should check your uh, subscription to your uh, subscription on Patreon. There is in your settings, there is a feed that you can use on your podcatcher instead of the regular podcast feed. And that feed, it's a very special update uh, upload that I upload every time that has the extended versions and no ads in it. So if you are a patron and you're listening to ads still, you don't need to um, find a find a podcatcher app and insert that feed that you get from Patreon in order to make sure that you are listening to the ad free version. So um, 
Just wanted to put that out there. It's usually, it should be in the stuff that gets sent to you when you sign up. But for some reason, sometimes Patreon doesn't send people the message. I don't, I don't know what's with that. Or it goes in your spam folder in your email. I don't, I don't know. Log back into Patreon. You'll, you'll find it. It's in there. I promise. Um, all right. So Lainey, I have some questions about Fort Atlas in particular, because I think this is a really interesting concept. And you mentioned this earlier that you find this idea of dealing with the weather, a very interesting concept in sci-fi. And I think this is one of those things that typically, until I started thinking about Fort Atlas and the ramifications of this, that I, I don't really consider enough. I don't really give it enough uh, weight or gravitas. Uh, this being, when you simply think, oh, they want to control the weather, the first thing you think is, oh, they want to make more sunshine or more rain in order to help more crops grow so that they have more food, right? That's, that's usually the first reason that you come across. Like if we can control the weather, then we can make sure that we have the right weather for the things that we need, whether that's sunlight or rainfall in order to make crops grow, or maybe more sunlight for powering things through solar energy or, or whatever. Right. But that's, that's pretty much where my, my mind usually stops when thinking about this. Um, now you can expand that to, well, if you can control the weather, maybe you can control storms. Like you could summon a hurricane or a tornado or something like that. But I don't think that's usually what this kind of program is focused on. It's not necessarily focused on trying to summon a hurricane that would take changing global weather patterns in order to create a hurricane, right? That would be huge, but doing something like, uh, driving more and more moisture from one location to another to make sure that the rain falls in your area, as opposed to somewhere else seems at least on the surface of it, like a more simple proposition. Seeding clouds, for example, is a, is a concept that has been tested out through scientific means. But then I was, I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, so the Brotherhood is interested in this technology. The Brotherhood usually focuses on technology that can be weaponized, right? And if this isn't about, say, sending a hurricane at an enemy, because the Brotherhood isn't worried about sending a hurricane over to China or something, right, to fight the Chinese, like, that is not the, the situation in the world right now. They're dealing with things on a more specific individual focus, you know, like dealing with monsters in the wasteland, dealing with uh, adversaries in the wasteland in their specific area, collecting stuff, dealing with robots that go rogue so they can take them apart and use their parts, those kinds of things. What would be the point of this for them? And the more I thought about it, the more it seems to make sense that this is about what using weather and changing weather patterns does for the land that you occupy and then for the land that other people occupy. So let me explain this. If you're in West Virginia and you decide, you know what, we need the right kind of weather patterns to maximize food growth. And so that means that you're absorbing more, more, more moisture from the areas outside of West Virginia, then those other areas become more arid, right? So you could do the opposite with it too. You could specifically remove moisture or sunlight or whatever from another area in order to make it more arid. That's where the danger comes in. It's not that somebody's going to send a hurricane at you. It's that they could completely remove the moisture from your, your land and 
kill off the population because they have no food and they wouldn't even know that they're under attack. That's I think that is the true weaponized danger of something like this. Um, what do you think about That's that? Because I've got scary. I've got I've got other thoughts on where this also can go or where this also may go in the future of the Fallout timeline. So what, what do you think about this so far? I think it's terrifying. And honestly, I've been trying to figure out exactly what they're trying to do with it or like what they're scared of also, right? And I think that that's a pretty, I mean, it makes sense. I think that claim makes sense because there's other ideas that maybe are a little too bold of, of course, things like making natural disasters is one, but like... Right. Well, and it says atmospheric terraforming. So it's not like they're going to make a volcano. It's not like they're going to create an earthquake. This is about atmosphere. that I think might be interesting, and I don't know that there's actually anything that can be done in this respect, but you know how the scorched are essentially burning from the inside out? Whatever it is that's causing that plague, like, they... They're burning. Um... And it's it's strange, right? And like, of course, people are inoculated against it. Eventually, the scorch should kind of die out. But I don't know. I guess well, it's a plague. Only... It's a plague that's infecting animals too. So even if right. the human population so was inoculated, it doesn't mean that the that the plague will go away. It'll still right. get passed so, from creature to creature. So I wonder if maybe there's something that could be done with the weather in terms of um making, making it less favorable more towards moisture scorch? or colder yeah uh-huh. and seeing if that affects anything right. um and, and that I, was the I other thing i think sorry go on the, I'm, I'm jumping on top of you yeah. You go on I, you're you're sorry. bringing ideas to me but yeah go yeah on. yeah i i think we probably feel the same way about this maybe maybe i don't know um that like it's a cool it'd be cool if this that was something that kind of tied together but i don't know necessarily where that would come from right it feels like that's a pretty big thing to just be like and suddenly we know that the cold works against Scorch now. Like, it's it's weird, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't they know that earlier? Um, and the Scorch have survived for a few years, so they've been through winters and summers. Right. Technically, even though it's always the same weather in the game, theoretically, they would have survived a few winters by now, right? Um, but here's the other thing, though. Can something like the atmospheric terraforming laser accelerator system change the temperature of the air? Doesn't that also require affecting air movement on a global landscape? Because you wouldn't all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. So like, okay. so let's let's think about weather here. Weather and temperature globally is mostly dependent on which hemisphere is closer to the sun because of the tilt of the axis. Right. So the northern hemisphere is in the summer when the northern hemisphere is closer to where the sun is. Right. And to the southern hemisphere, like it rotates around, right? And then that's closer in the winter. So it's summer in what are our winter months in the southern hemisphere because the southern hemisphere is closer to the sun on the opposite end of the year. That's why the weather gets hotter and colder from a seasonal standpoint. So if let's say it's the middle of summer, let's say it's July, July in Appalachia and you wanted to make the weather colder, you would actually have to move lots of cold air from the north south in order to make that happen, which would you'd basically have to rotate the, the weather around the world, which would affect the entire world. I, I don't think something like this is able to do that. I think that's probably outside this. I mean, we're talking sci-fi could do anything, but from a standpoint of like this is the first 
atmospheric terraforming thing that they've ever done. They were, it was very preliminary. My guess is that something like moving more moisture from one place to another is probably more on the scale of what something like this does. Yeah. Um, as opposed to moving temperature. I think so, that, that would be very more complicated. I'm doing a little digging. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think that the moisture is probably the most realistic idea of the ones that we've had. Um, but I, I started looking into other examples of atmospheric terraforming, and we do it on planets a lot. Um, and we're doing it on Mars right now. Right. because we Globally. Yeah. So NASA is attempting to increase the atmospheric pressure of Mars to make it more livable. Right. And um, it's not I mean, it's a it's a huge undertaking, but numerically, they're only like less than a percent different than Earth. But it's enough, right, that like if we were to go to Mars and just walk out to the air, we would die. (laughs) Right. And and to do Um, something like that, like if anybody's ever played Sim Planet or whatever from way back in the day, you have to have atmospheric terraformers, right? You have to have machines that convert more uh, material to gas so that there's more gas in the atmosphere, right? Oh, and so what's interesting is that the Atlas is an atmospheric terraformer, right? It is atmospheric terraforming laser accelerator system. Mm. So it's accelerating atmospheric terraforming with lasers, I guess, is the implication. Yes, yeah. Somehow. And if they're doing atmospheric terra, like, what are they? What are they terraforming? <laughs> it really is so strange and i mean i'm I'm like really digging into this mars stuff but mm-hmm. yeah so that's, that's like, another question so okay yeah. so let's 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 go with the simplest explanation here they're they're moving more moisture from one place to another right they're kind of just you know sucking moisture from one area into another using some sort of lasers i don't who knows right so if they decide okay we're going to make sure that west virginia has more moisture throughout the year, especially during times of the year when there's less moisture, then it has to come from somewhere. Well, then it means that it's coming from neighboring places. So go with me here. What if the Capital Wasteland isn't so barren because of irradiation? What if it's barren because 100, 200 years previous, during the time of Fallout 76, they terraformed the atmosphere in order to make West Virginia more livable, and it dried up the areas around. And what's towards the coast from West Virginia, but the Capital Wasteland is one of the places as you move east from West Virginia. And that's where the moisture comes from, from the water, right? So it's either coming from there or it's coming from the north, from like the Great Lakes. Um, so what if drawing more water from that portion of the continent dried up capital wasteland that's interesting that is an interesting take i think that it could be really cool i also see that if that is the explanation and that is what happens there are going to be people that are like they're just trying to backtrack and make excuses yeah. for why the, the wasteland was so barren looking why it was so dusty and gray you know like right. people are gonna be mad right. about that but right. but, but it, it is, is it's, a, it's a barren place there's not a whole lot of there's barely any trees there's you know the land in the capital waste is is barren and, and i get it like the the assumption is that it's it's irradiated it's post bomb but it is 
a significant time after the bombs dropped. The, the, the vegetation didn't get blown up and just never grew back. We know, we know that that doesn't happen. In the real world, when you drop a nuke on an area, it irradiates a place, but vegetation grows back. Look at Chernobyl. It's overrun with vegetation. Those old buildings have vines and trees and stuff all over them. The, the vegetation will find a way to survive. Um, if there's water, <laughs> if there's if there's nutrients and water for the vegetation to grow. So why is the capital wasteland so barren? Well, maybe it's yeah. because all the moisture is getting sucked up into West Virginia. Human induced drought. Human induced drought. Crazy. Yeah. So what if what if all the all the difficulties that we face in some of these other fallout games having to do with the lack of water? And that is the primary premise of Fallout uh, 3 is trying to get safe water. If there was more water, then maybe there would have been easier ways to get safe water. But because everything seems to be out of drought, then maybe it's very difficult to get safe water because the only th access to water they have is very limited. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I love this theory. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's probably not something they thought of. Or maybe it is, and who knows if it's canon, right? Like, this is just right. one of those concepts that, like, this this is interesting because this is not something that they've delved into that I know of in a Fallout game of this idea of terraforming the atmosphere and the effects that that can have on other locations. So, uh, <laughs> Pillowy Giant says, "I think you just blew a lot of our minds." Um, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I know that there are explanations in Fallout Three. I have to go back through and play it again. But usually, I think the explanations are it's a wasteland because of the bombs and the radiation. But that's not always the case. Like, look at look at the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth has plants. All at four, you know. I mean, there are irradiated places for sure. There, you know, there is a barren zone at the bottom west, you know, southwest side of the map that's huge. But there are places with trees and plants and and those kinds of things growing. Like, it's not it's not a barren wasteland. So, just an idea. Just wondering maybe if this is connected to that. I would love to hear Wait. your your thoughts on that, uh, listeners. What was that, Lainey? Have any actual atmospheric terraforming shenanigans happening on Earth? I'd be curious. What if we could just displace water from the Pacific Ocean into California and then <laughs> right. just no no more fire? Bye bye no, fire. No more fires. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, I think there <laughs> just are like around California. <laughs> like I mentioned before, cloud seeding is a thing that uh, can happen and has happened. Um, I don't know what to what extent. Uh, but we're, we're constantly trying to terraform our environment. Like that's, you know, it's, this is like people saying, well, we've never, you know, this is, this is the first time we've ever genetically manipulated food. And it's like, no, we've been genetically manipulating food for centuries because we've just done it in ways that are not on a cellular level. It's through, through breeding and through, uh, you know, changing the way that we farm it and so all those kinds of the things. The end result is the same. But one the, method is just faster. <laughs> one one method is just more specific and it's actually safer. Yeah. Um, Fair. As well, as long as the, you don't have an evil corporation putting unsafe stuff out for the population to consume. But technically... Which they do! Right. But technically, <laughs> if the corporation isn't putting the bad stuff out there, then yes, genetically modified food is actually safer to eat. Assuming that it goes through the right precautions and is tested and, and confirmed. Um, just like anything else. So anyway, it's a little side note. Uh, th that's what we got for this episode. That's, that's my theory. Let me know what you think about this theory because, uh, I mean, maybe there's some, maybe there's some weight there. Um, you know, but what if, 
what if <laughs> what kinds of things would you be able to do with the atlas program if you were able to to use it like could you provide food for a population is there enough moisture and weather that you could not affect other places i, I don't know I, I have to wonder about this if you make it rain more in one place does that make it sunny or other places how does that like what are the long-term effects of that i think that there's a lot of uh question here for how that would actually affect things in the long term so all right guys let me know your thoughts on that laney what else do you have going on before we head out on i have so many things such as um i stream on twitch <laughs> come listen <laughs> so, to me <laughs> such as <laughs> what have you been in, what have you been playing lately uh lots of valheim yeah viking world to valheim viking world yeah mm -hmm. yeah i told you i've been on like a fantasy kick so life's good it's uh kind of because i've also been on like a medieval fantasy kick in my own life so you've gone to are you working at a renaissance fair what is going on i wish oh my goodness that'd be great <laughs> you could do that now, that's a thing so i you know uh i've been basically quarantined for since forever and um it's been lovely i've found many things to fill my time with but i it, it gets boring you see the same things every day you wear the same things every day you have in the same day over and over basically you're just mixing it up a little bit for a year right so it's it's been rough <laughs> And this I know is, that a lot of you guys are dealing with the same thing. This is how I, I mean, I, I feel like if you just extrapolate a, a little bit, that's just kind of life. Yeah, this is just kind of life. I, I, think I, a, I think I had that revelation at Lynn, like high school, and I was like, I'm just living the same day over and over again. Oh my God. <laughs> you can find ways to keep it interesting. And so, what I've done is I've uh, just really started investing a little bit more into Bitcoin. Things. Bitcoin, no. <laughs> Dogecoin, no. <laughs> um, I've into like decorating, but also decorating myself. So um, I bought a bunch of new tapestries. I have a really cool one. I don't know if you guys can see it. You can see oh, it down there. Okay. It's like a bunch of flowers and stuff. It's over my desk now. So my desk you feels say much tapestry mightier. instead of tapestry. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> Interesting. It's spelled Do other people say tapestry? Am I mispronouncing I it? Know. I don't know how no, this. I don't know how right. words work. Is it tapestry? I, or is got, a tapestry a different thing? I've got a reader brain. I there's so many words that yeah. I like have read more times than I've heard that I just okay. It's just gone. I don't you know? like. I don't know. Maybe, like I'm wondering. Tapestry. I'm genuinely wondering. I'm not making fun. I'm I'm wondering. <laughs> like, is there are there two different things? Am I mispronouncing it? Tapestry. I know that's I a think word. It's just a, maybe it's just like a location thing. Maybe it's just people flip-flop it yeah it, maybe, it yeah, may be a, a regional thing or an accent yeah I, I don't know yeah um pilly giant says it's your way grayson says he used to say tapestry like my way maybe yeah seems that we're split anyway i've got a bunch we put this one on the desk it makes the desk look very nice um and then uh i'm gonna put a bunch on the walls and they're very fun but they're all like kind of fantasy -y, medieval -y. Mm -hmm themed um and then i've also been getting more clothes that i, I like the simplest way to put it is they make me feel like a barmaid <laughs> <laughs> almost okay. like i am just hosting my own renaissance fair every day is what it All feels right. like so oh, like really fun. like corsets so, and fluffy sleeves and 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> so not I don't have any corsets, but I have lots of puffy sleeves. Uh-huh. Um, the, like the the sweetheart neckline, you know, the little cut, the pirate the whole shirts. Shebang. Pirate shirts. Pirates are yes, pi- yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> Pirates are everything. Listen, here's the problem. Maybe I watched Pirates of the Caribbean one too many times when I was a child mm-hmm. because that is like everything. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the perfect transition to uh, talk about Sea of Thieves and why you should oh. play Sea of Thieves with us. I bought yes. I bought her a copy of Sea of Thieves because I'll play it. Yeah, because I uh, need to download it. Kirby Chu <laughs> and I, uh, my son, have been streaming in the afternoons when I don't have migraines to deal with like this week. But last week we streamed all week. In the afternoons, starting at 3.30 p.m., we've been playing Sea of Thieves. We played some Minecraft on Monday. Um, so we've been doing some fun stuff. I got Lainey a copy so she can join us, too. We're, I played Minecraft with you guys the other day. You did. You did. You played Minecraft with us. Um, yes, so check it out. We we're having a good time. <laughs> yeah. When we play Sea of Thieves, we're the No Pants Pirates, which is great. We uh, fight skellies, and we find treasure, and we we even fought the Kraken, and it didn't eat us. We got away. That's cool. We're really good pirates, guys. Anyway, come come hang out with us on stream. I've been doing a lot more streaming in the afternoons and then also the evenings. Um, usually in the evenings after about 10, I'll be playing games. And sometimes it's Fallout, but sometimes it's other stuff. Like I played Hunt Showdown uh, last night and a bunch of people came hung out hung out with me. That game is super creepy and super cool. Good times. So I love your company. Come hang out with me, guys. <laughs> release the pants. Um, <laughs> Pillowy Giant says, release the pants. All right. Anything else going on, Lainey? Is that it? Over here. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, and thank you to everyone who helps us out on the show with reviews and ratings and telling your friends and all that stuff. Really, really love the support. Thank you, guys. I uh, Oh, last thing. Um, I'm I'm going to be popping in on people's streams, people who are streaming Elder Scrolls Online and Fallout 76, and challenging them to the $1,000 challenge. So go check out the Robots Radio YouTube for these $1,000 challenges where I give them a few things to do, and they have to do them in order to earn some money. It's it's money that is going to show up as advertising across uh, the podcast on the network to, in order to help support the streamer. But they're going to do some crazy stuff, like uh, delete their characters or whatever, and we'll see if they do it for $1,000. So uh, those will be streams that will be popping up. But if you miss the streams, of course, the videos will be up on YouTube, so you can go check those out. Uh, and a question from... Um, Fire and Yao, when are Captain Robot's adventures continuing? That's a good question. Um, I hope to do some more of that soon. I should. Uh, so I'm, I'm always dealing with uh, my migraine issues and being able to get as much content created as I want. So hopefully in the evenings, if I get some time to stream some more Fallout games, then I can turn those into Captain Robot's adventures. So I'm glad you guys like those. Please let me know if you want more and more of that stuff, because those are fun to do. And when I get the time, I'm able to put those together and upload upload them to the feed. So um, can't wait. Good. I'm glad I'm glad you love that stuff. And Lainey's hair color. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for, for tuning in. Um, we will. I will be back in an hour at 5 p.m., for the Fallout Hub, so make sure you are following Twitch.tv. I'm gonna put this in chat.tv slash the Fallout Hub for our Fallout Hub show that I do with Ken from the Chad Fallout 76 podcast and Dave from Vault Boys WV. 
the three of us get together and we talk Fallout 76 stuff. We'll be talking about the Bethesda Microsoft merger and some of the things that they talked about during their little conference thing they did today. So come chat with us. We will also be featuring some of you guys. I believe we'll be doing some um, some questions, some call in from some of the the live listeners and watchers. So if you guys want to chime in and let us know what you think, come back for that in an hour. Uh, we'll be back for that. All right, everybody, have a good rest of your day. I'll see you in an hour. Otherwise, have a good time and stay safe out in the wasteland. And until next time, try not to mess up the weather too much or you might end up like the capital wastes. All right. See you later. Bye. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. I should have ended it with the funny faces like I started it. Should have booked en- booked ended book ended it. Like that. If you weren't here at the beginning, that's how I started the show. That is how he started the show. I like how round Isn't I can make my cheeks nice. when I do that. I get, I get yeah. real nice and round. You right definitely there. have like mouse face. Yeah, it's it's very messy. Yeah, like, like my jaw muscles. Like your me, 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 what whatever these are the called. What are those called? Yeah. Like these, like right here, like because I, I tap my teeth i don't really grind my teeth but i tap them so like i have to I like yeah so it just caused jaw <laughs> problems i had like tmj so i i've been like relaxing and stuff but it also makes my jaw muscles like bigger than they're supposed to be so like if I, thing. if I do that on top of it it gets real good i look like a mouse my cheeks are just very large <laughs> um yeah but, but that that jaw clenching thing is actually something that I uh, like two years ago. It was really important to me that I trained myself to relax when I could relax, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, because so much so much of the time you don't actually check in on your body. Right. I hold um, I hold my attention there, so it's it's something I have to yeah. have some food in them. Like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, like I don't have a whole lot here. I guess I do if I pull it forward. <laughs> this is play play with Tom's FaceTime. We both have pretty soft faces. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know how to make your face not soft. Make your face not soft? I mean, it's like a. It's a genetic there's like thing. genetic things. Yeah, I mean, mine is a combination of genetics and weight, but it's mostly a genetic thing, I think. For yeah, us. I could I could lose <laughs> a little bit of weight. But. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, playing with our faces. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go check in on on the kid because he's done with school for now and I'll be back in an hour. I love that kid. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. He's going to be on spring break pretty next good. week. I'm going to. Oh. Yeah, man. Maybe yeah, dude. For like a distance high five. Yeah. Um, Are you guys getting vaccines? Have you looked into Eventually. that at all? Eventually. Yeah. yeah. All the older people in our family have got them. Um, yeah. Uh, but and uh, my wife has it too because of her work. Um, but yeah, you and me and Kirby Chew. I will say we've been staying very safe though because I, I live with people who are high risk. Actually, everyone I live with, I live with four other people who are all high risk. Yeah. So. yeah. 
Yeah, well, we've been very careful. Yeah. Well, until then, we could be pirates together. Yeah. Yeah. Or play Fallout. That'd be fun. Your mother and father had their first shot. My aunt is on weekend. Nice. Yeah. A lot of the older my people, like I was, nervous. that's good. I was worried about my parents in particular because um, they have health issues. And I was like, man, if they got it, it would be real bad. Uh, but they got their shots. So, so they're safe. Yeah. I got to hug them the other day. Yeah. You went to go visit dinner, didn't you? It was so nice. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm going to go check on the kid. Have a good rest of your day. And chat, Thanks. thank you for being here. Thank you for the donation, Pillowy Giant. And uh, I don't know if anything else happened, no followers or anything, but um, but but thank you for being here. If you already are following. <laughs> Trying to sell the house, too. She really needs a job. Oh, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Jab. All right, everybody. I'll see you in about an hour. Fallout Hub. Be there. Boom, boom, boom. I'm shooting a gun. Bye, guys.